Yes, Laurie. You've mentioned several times do no harm, and you just talked about the chi energy and the strength in ourselves to um, kind of pull together what maybe what, what we need to do, how we need to act. And I have a situation where I'm very, very concerned about somebody and have been for several years. And I feel in some ways that maybe we've reached a point in our relationship where I need to say that it can't be just me giving. At the same time, I'm really afraid to do that because I really feel that it's a, it feels like a life-threatening situation to me at times. I, I worry about the other person committing suicide. So, you know, how do you decide? When do you decide to try to be in touch with your own truth and your own integrity and to not do harm? How do you, how do you determine that? I mean, you're talking about something which is so rich and so potent, and yet... If you are establishing healthy boundaries for yourself and for the other person, there is nothing in that which has the intention to harm. There's nothing in that that has the intention to harm. You're dealing with an incredibly complicated situation because it sounds as if there's somebody who's dependent on an unhealthy boundary situation as part of their strategy for coping. And so as you move out of unhealthy boundaries, there's the risk of what might happen as this person feels their support system is no longer there for them. Okay? It's not healthy to maintain unhealthy boundaries. There's a harm in doing that. Could you say more about what you you would see as an unhealthy boundary then, more specifically? If in order to take care of this other person, you are not able to attend skillfully to your own needs, then there's a lack or a depletion which is coming at the expense of this relationship. That's an unhealthy boundary. And to maintain that over years would be depleting and exhausting. I'm not a psychologically trained person. This is my years of living in the monastery. Terry has psychological training. (laughs) What would you say? It's a delicate balance, and it's necessary that you approach it sensitively, but it, it is very necessary that you stay connected to your own needs. What you have to offer is it won't be very much if you give too much. Now, that doesn't mean every situation is very different. And some people um, can actually shift so that something that feels like a pressure is not a pressure anymore. But it has to be genuine, and it can't be taken from you. It's like unless unless there's something in it that in, is enriching, and, and you know the difference. So you have to tell the truth. So the way, if you are going to pull out of a relationship, there may be useful steps to take that support the other person and some maybe some small, clear boundaries to start with and stepping back and stepping back. But you really, you need to say yes to yourself first 
so you'll have something to give. It's like if we if we can't connect with our own truth, with our own Buddha nature, we can be doing little things, but we're not necessarily doing from the depth of ourselves. You know, and what this person really needs is your presence in saying no sometimes. It's just a really great word. But with love. Are there other things that come up for you for the day? Are places in your own lives that aren't so straightforward to bring practice to? I had someone in my family who was in a very abusive situation and she can't figure out a way how to get out of it. So it seems very painful at times and and it almost seems counterproductive even to give advice. So how do you say we should deal with something like that? I mean not for her but just for us because everyone in the family is in it now because we just can't get out you know, I don't know that there's anything more challenging to do than to be present for the suffering of people that we love very dearly. Because it's such there's such a deep longing that that not be there. That it's so deep. And depending on the relationship, sometimes we would do anything to take the suffering on ourselves rather than to watch somebody that we love have to deal with that. And so for ourselves, the equanimity that's needed in order to be present and loving, but but somehow balanced, is very challenging. Now, I have a, a strong connection with, with, with the rocks and the earth these days. My personality doesn't have a lot of equanimity in it. You know, that I wasn't that's not that was not a personality structure that I was very familiar with. You know, but when I sit on rocks that are several million years old, the rocks near my house are the Garden of the Gods, and they're 150 million years old. And I have a feeling, you know, of like what they've seen and known, and what they've had to deal with and be witness to. And it it somehow gives a perspective for everything that I feel, or the kind of dramas that I have to bear witness to or process myself. There's nothing that is too challenging or big or nothing gets them out of balance, you know? And so for myself, when something is disturbing to me, I go and I take my body and I press my body into those rocks and uh, become very attentive to what it is that I'm feeling, you know, the agitation or the concern or the anxiety. And I feel the rocks receiving what it is that I'm experiencing. And they meet it. It's not like they're, they're not... I don't experience the rocks as being cold and hard. I experience the rocks as being incredibly responsive and very receptive. Absolutely attuned. But they don't get excited. They receive it all and stay very steady. And that has shown me a way to be present with people that I care very deeply about who are going through things that are incredibly stressful and stay present and open and loving. So I'm not pulling back. I'm not tightening around it. I'm not 
distancing myself from it. That's how I'm relating to myself in the way that I'm experiencing the suffering because it's somebody that I care so much about. And the rocks remind me of what is steady. What is steady? What does steady feel like? You're right. With some situations, it's not helpful to give advice. But what you are asking about, which is really brilliant, is is that how do you deal with the agitation you experience in yourself? Not how do you try and sort it out for the other person? And so for ourselves, we need to become very attentive to the pulling away, the armoring, and the desperately wanting it not to be there. You're very sensitive, Sassy, and um, and you feel her pain deeply, and uh, and that's it's actually not bad, but it, it's the the pain is there can break your heart open, and it's like that's what it's asking is that your heart break open. That's what pain asks of us. It says, "Feel me." And so feel the pain. It's there and it's genuine. And sometimes we try to push it aside and say, it's not my pain, it's hers. But it is your pain. Because you feel her deeply. So it needs to be it needs to be felt. It wants to be felt. And it's your heart calling. It's hard to keep our hearts protected. If we're going to open, we're going to open to suffering. And when we open to suffering, we open to all suffering. And our hearts are more genuine, and they come out. And just like Amma said, when we open to our pain, we can also open to our joy. And we can't just have one. They both come together. I think um, I have a big issue well, probably on my life, but especially now with time and um, like just always feeling this time pressure, like there's not enough. And um, I mean, this, the solution, I guess, is to be present in the moment, um, but there's still the time, you know, so and, and being mindful even slows you down a little. We don't have time to be mindful. (laughs) We have all kinds of stuff that goes on for ourselves that feel like a paradox or a double bind, you know? All kinds. And I'm sure everyone we would have, each of us could share, we would each have our own particular version of what it is like that, you know? The thing that I have always found to be amazing is is that when I attend to my side of the equation, the universe reorganizes itself. Okay? And so if I am aware of the fact that I feel tight and pressured, that's my reaction to what's happening in the present moment. And if I can see that as a habit or a tendency and recognize it as a habit or tendency... And in the present moment, the actual present moment is infinite. It's not bound in time. Okay? And I can know that I can touch into the infinite present moment by the way that I attend to what is happening right now. 
And so when I attend with that, then something that feels tight and cramped all of a sudden opens up and is this huge, vast spaciousness. But when I attend to it thinking this is real, this actually is pressurized, and it actually is happening again and again and again and again and again. I don't have any control over it. And I've got to move fast because if I don't move fast, then I'm da 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 da. <laughs> you know, I add in a momentum to a reality that solidifies it, concretizes, and validates it. So how I am relating to what's happening completely shifts the reality of it or not. Now, time in one reality moves on. That is a relative truth. But when you absolutely drop into a stillness, that stillness is infinite. It's unbounded by time. Now, any of us have the ability to stop and take a three-breath retreat. For three breaths, you're on retreat. You know, And just let the world come to a standstill. And what's amazing about doing that for three breaths, is that sometimes you can come through it and realize, oh, I don't need to be this pressurized or this frustrated or this angry or this exacerbated. Or uh, This is a mental creation that I'm adding to the situation, which is my own. So that's the value of practice, is that it brings these little crowbars in and takes these tight little spaces and opens them out so that there's, there's more room. Now, sometimes when these habits are mental, we need to have a a somatic leverage point because the mind energy is too habituated, it's too strong. So we need to have a way of feeling the tightness that's connected to that feeling of pressure and learn how to relax that tightness and feel the spaciousness in our body. So we change the frame of reference from looping and trying to work with it as a mental phenomena and work with it on a different frame of reference as a body experience. Yeah. Good.